The following podcast contains subject matter that may be unsuitable for more sensible viewers. Views expressed here do not reflect that of any community that you would want to be a part of. Listener discretion is mandatory. Mama, what this means me? No, 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 no! Lars Ulrich is queer representation. <laughs> Metallica is gay. I will, uh, I'll fight anybody on this. Meta- Metallica is gay uh, culture. Welcome back to Trenifesto, the show officially classified by the Southern Poverty Law Center as On Thin Ice. I am one of your hosts, Madeline Hops. Today I'm joined by... Ree Carter, the big farter. Oh my... No, <laughs> we can't have that be an official thing for you. I ate... <laughs> I ate so much pizza today. I've, I mean, I, no! I, 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 I may, I may, I may be a cradle to the grave vegan, but I did eat a lot of <laughs> a lot of pizza today, and I'm not feeling too great hot about it. You know what they, you know, no vegan diet, no vegan powers. So hand them over. And we are alive. Up <laughs> eggs, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and returning uh, as our, uh, I'm gonna say. Uh, doing better than Amy. Yeah, that's right, Amy. If you're listening to this oh. podcast, oh, don't do that to me. I don't. Want, <laughs> I don't. I don't want to be the middle person here. Yeah, De- Devlin. They said I had to say it. They uh, they slipped me a note here. Uh, anyways, uh, oh. the other person. I'm Devlin Galloway, back for third time in a row. Third, third time's the charm. They say. I believe you now qualify for the uh, Tranifesto retirement plan, uh, which is you moved to hell. Health- I've gone from friend of the pod to member of the pod next step is pod people yeah but the the, the official twitter's still not going to follow you so that it doesn't count yeah the official Sorry. twitter does follow me back no, the heck off does it yeah, it really does. yeah it does holy shit okay well then well let me, twitter, after, let, me let me go remedy that <laughs> <laughs> ah perfect uh so yes no, uh, it's, re- it's not we're all, we are only following fuck. the core the core crew you are lying you are <laughs> lying so- liar i got followed by it someone unfollowed me this is, I'm off. I quit. <laughs> Are we good? Or, or is this just going to be the episode of spitching about this? I mean... This is homophobic. I'm done. <laughs> it's envy-phobic. All right. So welcome to this week's episode. And, and I'm very excited about this week's episode, actually. I'm excited about a lot of our week's episodes. But this happens to be from a place that is uh, very close to my heart. Uh, it's from it's an older episode, but it's one episode of The Simpsons titled Homer's Phobia. Uh, this f- episode was released in season eight. It's episode 15, which is back in 1997. Uh, it features John Waters and Homer and the rest of the Simpsons family. Um, and before we get too much into it, uh, Devlin wanted to give a kind of a brief rundown of the episode. All right. So I just want to note that the beginning of the episode is one of my favorite things ever, where Bart is running Lotto out of the dryer. <laughs> Because that's, like, big mood when I was a teenager. I would probably do that. But, uh... But, uh... So, Bart breaks the, uh... Breaks the dryer. Causes a lot of... Like, about $900 of damage, and they can't afford it. Yeah, I also like how they just kind of, like, gloss that over, too. It's never examined in the episode again. Every single... I don't know if you ever... You haven't noticed this, but every single Simpsons episode does that. The setup has absolutely nothing to do with the plot. Like, Act 1 is a completely, like... Not even the act one. Like, the, the, the intro has absolutely nothing to do with the plot of the rest of the show. That's just what Simpsons yeah. does. It's oh, a formula. Wait. I didn't talk about the couch gag. 
Oh I yeah, love no. It. It's yeah, just please. filled with nostalgic rage where everything is loading too slow and you want to go out, but it's too late because AOL doesn't want to listen to you. Yeah, and even when you hit cancel, you just can't. It just gives you that error message that bloom, bloom, bloom. I'm sorry. You cannot do that. <laughs> was, wait, what, what voice was, no, what voice was that? That sounded like a more self-aware speaking spell. <laughs> At low, Dablin. There. Now I've spell officially gotten that onto the pod, and I'm happy now. I said I wouldn't do it, but I did it anyway. Now spell cat. See, I did. Hello, and welcome to. <laughs> I can't do it for long. Please become a member of the pod. <laughs> subscribe. Subscribe. For twenty. John Madden. Anyway, so Bart screws up the washing machine, and they need to sell. Well, they try to use their retirement fund, but it falls through the earth. So then they need to sell their. Mads, are you taking a bong rip? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna edit that out later. This, this, this is a good start. Like I'm not, I, I, I'm, I'm not clever. Many great podcasters take bong rips mid mid pod. I mean, just in the background of like my synopsis, like. <laughs> I just, I, I, I'm just gonna edit it out later. Madeline, Madeline Hawks is well on her way to being the Joe Rogan of queer podcasting. <laughs> we need not, to talk not about mi- Minus the libertarianness, mostly just getting high. Well, we lured you in with the Simpsons. <laughs> Have you ever done DMT? <laughs> no, shut up. It's a DMT podcast now. Please tell me, tell me, tell me about all your racist opinions and I'll just sit here and <laughs> nod. We lured you in with the Simpsons, but really I want to talk to you about sacred geometry. <laughs> synopsis i have no exit oh god okay uh the retirement fund falls through the earth so they need to sell marge's grandmother's uh civil war figurine which is just hilarious yeah there was that point too when they're at the fucking cash register (laughs) what was it they said (laughs) please don't think this is us sponsoring uh or like yeah please don't think our ownership of this endorses slavery (laughs) we skip though did they go to this collectible store yes and they're browsing stuff around. Pogo stilts is the best thing. <laughs> uh. They're banned in 48 states. Also, they uh, took a de- uh, dig at centrists back in, so... Sorry, I got excited. <laughs> oh, no, that's it. No, I was just saying, I like, loved it. So it was basically Smith... Or not Smithers. Uh, Principal Skinner is in, like, some unaffiliated shop. No, it was like, all these, all these old election stickers are so partisan. <laughs> oh, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just oh, yeah. lost a customer. <laughs> oh fuck! It was so good. And so they go to the collectible store, and working at the collectible store is a man named John, who is talking to Marge about the Civil War figurine and what it's worth. Civil War figurine turns out to be a booze bottle, and Homer inv- starts learning about uh, what's it called? Camp. Camp. That's what it's called. Teaches Homer about camp, and then invites John back to the house to look at all their campy shit at home. And uh, that's where like it segues to them getting ready. And I lost my train of thought. Hold on. Just just say you're getting a second hand high from me. Honestly, probably. Hey, an alarm. 
Sorry, that was, some, that was just a phone call. I don't know what it was. Caldwell's place said 911. <laughs> Why is 911 calling me? You're the boss now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I said that. You're the boss of 911. It's like, congratula- c- congratulations, you're a paramedic. <laughs> this is your problem now. You deal with this. <laughs> we quit. I'm joking. So John comes over and starts pointing out all their, like, kitschy, campy stuff at their home, like the corn. Curtains. Curtains. Oh, my God. Where is my brain? Curtains. That's a thing people have. Curtains. <laughs> rich people. True. Actually, I have curtains. What? When, wait. No rich people in the pod. Eat the rich, yo. Get out of your ivory tower. Yeah, it's either pin a towel to a window or get the fuck out. So, taking photos of all the campy stuff. They're talking. Homer is starting to get like develop a relationship with John. Thinks he's really cool. They, like, dance to a song together. It's kind of cute. I like it. And then it goes to the next day. And Homer's talking about how great John is. And Marge is trying to hint very, very hard about how festive he is, which is the best descriptor. Well, it's, I, not, even that, it's not even that she's out, outing him. It's just because uh, Homer's like, we should hang out with him and his wife. And she's like, I don't think he has a wife. So Mar- 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 Marge knows you don't. You don't out a brother. She kind of did though, because she straight up told. Well, I mean, and like, out, like completely, like un- unsol- unsolicited. Fair, fair. Anyway, so best joke in the episode, in my opinion, <laughs> is like he prefers the company of men. Who doesn't? Oh, I'm so good. So I just love it so much. And then Homer freaks out, denies everything he said, gets gay panic TM, thinks that John is bad for his family, just generally freaks out and says hateful, non-founded nonsense. While Marge, who I'm like, surprised in the episode is just like super, like you're being ignorant. You don't know what you're talking about. Which I think is actually really cool that Marge is just like so down and doesn't question it the entire episode. Yeah. Well, it's kind of a similar, similar to the um, Rocco's Modern Life thing where, you know, like the it was the the husband who was like all, oh, I hate like change and stuff and the, and the mom was like oh I'm just stoked to have somebody to go shoe shopping with it seems to be like a trope I mean it's not a bad one I don't necessarily have a problem with it but Which, I would say it's starting to become a trope and plus I'd love, that'd be something I'd love to see flipped in something because I mean like for the next little while we're gonna the, keep getting it was getting... flipped Brooklyn Nine-Nine uh, when, oh yeah right when uh, um, what's her face uh not Roseanne. What the fuck is her name? Uh, Roseanne. Not Rosa. Rosa. <laughs> Rosa. Yeah, Roseanne. Rosa. Um, yeah. When Rosa comes out, it's by to her parents, and I mean, they both are kind of weird about it at first, but the dad ends up being the one that's accepting it, and the one that says, "You know, mom needs more time." So I oh, guess. Yeah. It, gotcha. Yeah. Maybe it's not explored as much, but um, yeah. No. Either way, I'm I'm kind of fine with this trope. It's it's a it's definitely a trope at this point. Like especially like as long as we're gonna keep like we're gonna keep seeing it, so it could be interesting to see how it can like rather than just keep running the same joke over and over again, like kind of refine it and explore it because it does reflect yeah. something like genuine. Also, another good joke at this part is where John like smacks Marge in the arm for saying something funny and clever and she smacks him back and Bart punches Homer in the stomach and then Homer starts choking Bart and Bart's just like, Dad, we have company. And he's like, oh, sorry, John. Give me a few minutes and continues choking him. <laughs> Very good. Homer's freaking out. Bart thinks John is really cool. Starts imitating his like mannerisms and like getting interested in camp and all that. And then Homer starts thinking that Bart is being turned gay by being around John. 
Which, to be to be fair, though, John Waters does have that effect on people. I, I wish I knew more about John Waters. He's a beautiful man. We'll get into him in a bit. Good mustache. Solid mustache. So then, like, the next day, Bart's wearing, like, a Hawaiian shirt. And Homer's like, oh my god, where'd you get that shirt? What are you doing? Just seeing Bart being more effeminate and, like, even giving Marge, like, why are you being so effeminate around the boy? And he keeps having dreams about... Bart being gay or like his son not being into girls which turns into him taking to Bart to like sit in front of a, uh, a sign in the middle of the highway that has two scantily clad women trying to sell cigarettes oh it's a, it's a smoking billboard with a bunch of naked women and he just makes them sit in front of him for two hours and then comes back, back and is like hey how do you feel now he's like I kind of want a cigarette <laughs> okay let's which, get you a which then ends. which then ends it's like what what's your brand? Anything slim? He's like it didn't work. <laughs> also, I just want to like just re- like the way that you said that like the I wanted like t- to point out that the joke of calling something gay can easily easily be re- rebranded as like saying something is queer culture is the PC version of calling something gay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I would say that. I would say it's an updated term. Yeah. Yeah, it's like slim cigarettes. Is slim cigarettes are gay? Oh no! Slim cigarettes are queer culture. Yeah, technically, te- it's technically the same thing. But I, I, I mean, we'll get into this in a bit. But the funny thing about the the humor in this, with the queer, uh, the queer humor in this one, is uh, it's almost like it's weird. It's like the Simpsons were throwing punches as like queer people who who seemed well versed in the culture enough to throw like inside jokes, but make them universally applicable. Which is, we'll get to in a second, but there's the name bit down the line. Yes, he takes Bart next to a steel mill saying it's like the epitome of manliness and doing masculine things. Because, you know, (laughs) mills, I guess. Everybody knows this scene. It's legendary. And the entire steel mill turns out to be a gay steel mill and turns into (laughs) a gay disco on their breaks. Which is just hands down my favorite joke from one of these cartoons ever. Just we work hard. Thing. We play hard. Bam, oh. bam, bam, bam. I love it so much. May I, I refer- say? May I say the gay steel mill is the Marxist dream? Yeah, I was just gonna. Yeah. Damn it! Damn it! I was gonna say you want to see socialism at work? Go look at your local gay steel mill. That is socialism. Yeah. Yeah, so and having having union mandated mandated dance breaks, like please, <laughs> please, please, just, just a bunch, just like just imagine the gruffest guys you can, just in the steel mill, just like as hetero as they can be, and just just like oh okay, hope oh, it's dance. They just all start breaking out YMCA and shit. Well, just oh. trying to be as masculine as they can. Also, can I say, can, like, you know, labor unionists and, like, Marxists in the left please, like, adopt the term, the phrase, work hard, play hard, as, like, a, <laughs> as a, as a rallying cry? <laughs> Isn't that what we all want at the end of the day? Yeah. We work hard just to play hard later, you, you know? know? And I'm, will, I'm willing to work hard so everybody can play hard. Exactly. NDP. That's the dream. New slogan. Yeah. I was going to say, I reference the steel mill scene almost every day. Whenever someone's like, you're being gay, I always just go, be nice. <laughs> <laughs> you're all, what was it? He's like, you're all queer. Oh, be nice. I think like, it was you're, like, you're all you're, sick. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Or like the, the scene of the guy carrying the bag of lava or the like the cauldron filled with like lava looking stuff, just like hot stuff coming through. Oh. Which I mean like the the like the fact is like they all seem to be incredibly competent steel workers and seem to be incredibly <laughs> good at their jobs. Like Yeah, that's the, the main takeaway. Gay men, great steel workers. There's an ember in your hair. Get it, get it. <laughs> Hey, that's dangerous. It's good to have somebody looking out for you. Right? Exactly. He cared about his coworker so much that he slapped his helmet off his head to get it. Yep, so good. They, they danced around in short shorts a moment later. Love it. Anyway, so Homer's freaking out because everything is gay and is talking to his friends at the bar at Moe's. And they're talking about how everything is gay and there's not a lot of masculine and change is bad. You know, the whole the whole rhetoric that mm-hmm. everyone's heard a million times. And then, um, so they decide to take Bart hunting because hunting is also apparently the epitome of masculinity and murdering poor animals is manly, apparently. There's a really good line. I like in it, which, I mean, just because I think we're like kind of getting into stuff as we're going through the synopsis, but there's a really good line where like, you know, uh, Homer's talking to Mo and like, I was like, oh, how did I let this happen? And Moe's like, well, time was you could send your kids to war. Nothing makes his, no one, nothing straightens someone up like killing a man, but now there's no wars, which is like interesting because like, I remember like reading, I've read a lot of like accounts of what I call like the old model trans experience where a lot of, you know, a lot of trans people from, you know, the nineties and earlier, like the whole, the thing that you would do is join the army because it, uh, you well you get the fear of God beaten into you once you like displayed femininity, then you join the army. And a lot of these guys like just go and either like, there's probably like a ton of queer people who like just died in the army because that was the ma- to try to masculinize yeah. themselves. Uh, that's and terrible. Then, and then, that and then, you P- then you get PTSD, and then you come home, and then you start a family, and then drink yourself to death, and if if none of those things kill you, then that's why, that's where all of, like, you know, a lot of, they just hit that age where, like, their body stops producing testosterone, and then they transition. Yeah, that but is re, really but re. depressing. Re. Yeah, it is depressing. Re. Yeah? Blue lives matter, though, okay? Just so we're clear, all right? I oh. mean, a, hey, I'm sure I'm, I'm sure a lot of them became police officers, too. Yeah, and 40% of police officers went on to beat their wives. Just At, uh, 40% of police officers get reported for beating their wives. Ah, right, right, right. No, exactly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I've tried, I've, I've definitely, I've tried looking up that statistic, and it's like, the statistic is flimsy, but it's not unsubstantiated. So, like, <laughs> it is, it is, it's fun, it, it is fun to throw around. And All right, we're, ste- we're steering too far left. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was, I was gonna make a, a lighter joke and say everything I've read about World War One. I'm pretty sure everyone was sad and gay, but okay. <laughs> Well, I mean, that's why that's why Hitler did did what he did is because the Weimar Republic was just too sad and too gay, and somebody had to stop it. Hitler was gay. No, please, I'm gonna edit that out. I don't want some fucking like. Can you just put a big giant beep on that one? Did they? <laughs> well, I mean, that's the thing. It's just because you know, Hitler. Here's my here's my book about oh, no. how Hitler was a closeted homosexual, and that excuses everything he ever did. Oh, no. How did we end up here? He was it just was just act- a line by Mo. He was just acting out, okay? You know, we all do things when we're closeted. It was only oh. a Mo. 
one moment in time. Oh okay. God. Okay. All right. All right. Keep, keep wrap this, it up. Keep the, keep Holy this, shit. Keep the wheels going. <laughs> okay. The wheels um, spinning. The hamster's dead. The hamster, like that one in that video that's like stuck in it, and its friend is still <laughs> running, and you're like, please stop. I want off. I want off, Mr. Bones. Wild ride. Um. Anyway, so. Homer goes and gets some hunting gear, marches into the antique shop where his family is hanging out with John, and, like, demands to take Bart hunting. And they all kind of make fun of him, but, like, he takes Bart hunting. But it's also noted that there's been no deer in Springfield since they changed their national park to AstroTurf. So that's pretty funny. But, uh, so they take Bart hunting, and they just say a bunch of, like, masculine things. And they also say that if, if Bart turns gay, they always got Lisa... Just like a whole bunch of those. They just make Lisa a man. It's like, nah, she's a vegetarian. <laughs> um, so they go and sit for like an entire like day and night till Bart falls asleep, and they don't see any deer or anything. So then they take Bart, like they're just really pushing that Bart has to shoot something to like affirm his masculinity. So they take him to a like Christmas farm where they have a bunch of reindeer, try to force Bart to like shoot a reindeer, and Bart almost in tears says he doesn't want to and then the reindeer start fighting amongst themselves because it's apparently mating season homer picks up bart to keep him away from the reindeer so he's not hurt gets just rammed the hell out of by a deer and but he also like picks up bart and is like and is like no i actually like i love you like i have to protect you like does they actually actually like you know talks about his feelings mm-hmm. yeah he's actually being a good father in this scene for the first time in this episode hot take and then so Homer is just getting rammed by deer, left, right, and center, and getting pretty injured. And then they are saved by John with his Japanese Santa robot, because reindeer hate their cruel master, Santa. And uh, Homer then, like, they're all saved, and they're, like, talking about how Mo and Barney are like, I can't believe we were saved by a sissy. And Homer defends John by saying, don't call him a sissy, call him a queer. That's the word they like. And then... Uh, he first calls him a fruit, which is funny. <laughs> yeah. I, I like fruit. I like fruit. That's a good one. That is a good one. Let's say, can we can we uh, reclaim fruit next? It's uh, it's retro enough. We could get there. So yeah, they're saved by John. Homer in the car ride back home admits that he's fine with Bart living his life however he wants to be, although he said it might be the concussion speaking, so it's kind of a neutral point. But <laughs> then Bart's confused by this, and Lisa tells him he thinks you're gay, and then it's... Bart exclaims, he thinks I'm gay, zooms into his face with everybody dance now, and Art. It's pure, beautiful art. Also, I want to, I want, also, I want to make sure that we uh, mentioned the last joke where, like, as they're driving away, the last um, thing is just the, a car that just says, dedicated to the steelworkers of America. Keep, ch- <laughs> keep chasing that rainbow. <laughs> Which, very, very proletariat, very pro-worker, just... I support it. <laughs> oh, fuck. Oh, God, it's so good. So, I mean, like, our next point was going to be discussing what we thought of the episode outside of the gayness. I think we covered it. I think we did. I mean, it's basically, like, it's, like, airplane-level funny where there's just so many jokes every, like, jokes per line. Mm-hmm. And it was just, there's so many to keep up on. Which, I mean, it's, like, it's definitely what it excels at. And, like, that's one of my favorite, like, types of comedy. Like, especially if you ever watch, like, older stuff like old like mel brooks movies 
and stuff like that where it is like joke 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 and even if like one didn't land you don't even notice because like there's another there's an even better joke that just followed it up exactly i don't think there's a joke in this episode that doesn't land every scene is literally hilarious i think probably um probably if what i kind of want to touch on is the the way that this ties into some of like the broad like the tropes that this uses and how it ties into like gay panic and gay stereotype because i think that like john is probably like he's definitely a specific stereotype that's like we've seen a ton of times but i think he's probably like the best version of that because like he's not even he's not over sexualized he's not like you know because that's one of the things a lot of times when they're like these kind of campy gays they just become super duper sexual he's just like super witty and super funny and super chill and super smart and like is just a little bit weird yeah well that's also like that is john waters uh, that's true just, yeah that's true yeah and and just so like because i there might be some uh listeners who uh don't know who john waters is john waters is an american film director screenwriter author actor stand-up comedian journalist lots of different stuff he's done movies like pink flamingo uh, oh, sorry, Pink Flamingos. Uh, hair. If you've seen Hair, that's you him mean as ha- well. You mean, ha- you mean Hairspray? Oh, Hairspray. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and he's most known for his starring role in the masterwork uh, film uh, Seed of Chucky. Yes, absolutely. Oh, uh, and he's also known as the only man in the world who is allowed to have a pencil-thin mustache. Facts. Speak for yourself. Wow, okay. Wait, 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 wait. Uh, Dorian Electra. Okay, go on. God damn it. Uh, I was just going to say, in case we're wondering how gay John Waters is, uh, he graduated from the Boys Latin School of Maryland. This isn't your normal gay. This is advanced gay. (laughs) All right, perfect. So yeah, John Waters, he's basically, he's made a bunch of stuff. A lot of his stuff has been fairly queer focused and like fringe stuff. He's actually pretty good, but John Waters himself, and I think he basically just plays himself in this episode, Mm -hmm. is flamboyant and effeminate and again there's nothing wrong with that there not are e- people not that are even like, that. like not even like that effeminate he's well, just yeah. like campy he's just like you know fl- a little bit flighty like it's like it's not even like explicitly yeah. effeminate exactly especially for like and that's the other thing too we should probably talk on is the um uh the time difference between representation now and then uh but you're right even for the 90s it was for people that may watch this uh, who have not seen Simpsons. I grew up with Simpsons. It was like the one TV show I was allowed to watch every night for some inexplicable reason. So uh, I watched that all my childhood growing up. And I remember this episode. And I was worried that I was going to go back to it and the representation was going to suck. Mm-hmm. Uh, just like, you know, because I remember like Ace Ventura as a kid being kind of funny. And then I watched it again. I'm like, holy crap, no. I think that one disappointed me the most. Yeah, it did break the heart a little bit. So when this one came up, like I was excited because I didn't remember anything bad. But I'm like, oh man, maybe I, you know, it's like as a kid, maybe I just like glossed over some stuff. But like, no, it was really awesome. Um, and like, I think there's some things that if they had done now, people would be a little more critical towards. Again, like, you know, John Waters. Uh, being like you said not overly effeminate but he was still somewhat effeminate and I think for some people nowadays they could be like well they're leaning into it a little too hard but I still think it held up well because there was never like all there was tons of double entendres in the episode with the writing but it was never at the expense of John Waters character even for like its place in time this is good when it was made or sorry it was great when it was made it was good now and also like if we want to compare this to 
like other shows that are in like the lineage of The Simpsons, which would be like, you know, your South Parks, Family Guys, stuff like that. Especially ones that became more popular like after 1997. Like if if you're using this as a benchmark, things got worse before they got better. Oh, yeah. much, much worse. <laughs> like, Nothing about anything I saw like this, in, like, like this Guy. handled it with, like, it was obviously, like, you know, I don't know if, like, you could have another show that could do this right now where you wouldn't be like, well, you know better, you shouldn't do this. Like, this is very good based, like, for the time. Like, it's, it, it's still good, but it's also good for the time. And, exactly. like, you know, shit like, 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 and I mean, obviously, I feel like probably should do some, like, fucking Family Guy and South Park episodes because... That's that's what Mm. we decided our fucking job is. Uh, Watching that is a hate crime. Yeah, but, (laughs) like, this handled it just so, like, you know, it it handled it well and handled it a lot better than a lot of subsequent things were. And even, like, there's one, like, one actually kind of surprisingly mature line that I want to actually go back to is the one where, like, Homer is complaining to Marge. is like, oh, he's like this and he's like this and, like... Uh, or like, what is it? It's like, you know, I like my gays. Like, he he's, he's, he almost says that like John doesn't like live up to his expectations of what a queer person's supposed to be enough. And it's like, I like my I like my gays fruity and like ridiculous, and he's just too like charming. Yeah. And also, but then Marge has like a good line where she's like, you don't even. I just like you don't even know what you're worried about anymore. Like. She yeah. points out that he's, like, making things up because he thinks that he's supposed to be homophobic. And also, it also touches on this whole thing about how, you know, this not this isn't just queer stuff, but this is also, like, especially, I know this also ties into, like, kind of ableist issues and, like, disabled issues, but, like, this whole idea that if your kid isn't exactly like you, you have failed as a parent. And I think that that's, oh, yeah. like, the core of Homer's anxiety in this. Well, yeah. exactly. And I mean, like, I, 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 and I saw this dynamic a lot, especially in the in the '90s, which was the. I mean, like, obviously it existed before, but like, I, I was just around <clears throat> consciously during that time, and it was just like the idea that, and I guess it still exists today, which is the idea is like, you know, the son is representative of the father, um, and it's, it's a very toxic form of masculinity. And Reed, you absolutely said it. Like, you're like as a parent, your job is not to like mold your kid. Your kid will mold themselves. You're there as like kind of a conscience, and you should teach them like important stuff. Please, thank yous. But like, you know, even at the end of the episode where Homer goes, you know, I love you no matter who you are, uh, and like even if we could just take a, like that line at its own, because around it were some jokes and stuff like that, which were all still good. Because uh, the joke right afterwards was uh, Lucy going to Bart. He thinks you're gay. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's that moment where Homer genuinely has that moment where he realizes, like, those are people. Uh, and, you know, against what his, his belief was. Um, I even like the idea that during, like, the more um, flamboyant or over-the-top moments, like the gay steel mill, because you, the argument could be made for the gay steel mill part that, like, oh, that's a very stereotype, tropey, you know, gay guys, hypersexualized, very effeminate in that, in that episode. But if you notice like those moments only really existed with homer so it was almost like how homer thought the world should be but it it in the by the end of it because of how ridiculous the episode ended he realized you know or was it judge on water's characters it's like well homer i'm glad all it took was me saving your life to convince you that i was a person now if only every <laughs> other gay person in the world could do that i think we'll be fine which i mean like that's like definitely a thing especially with like whenever like you know, the sort of the media de- uh, depiction of queer people is that, you know, it's always like, 
hey, look at this cool thing that a that a queer person did. Oh, this oh. queer per this queer person joined the army and killed a bunch of brown people, and this is why we should accept gays in the military. Like, fucking, like it's it's it, it, we have to earn we have to earn our place in the world in a way that like other demographics don't. Did you do a normal thing while you're queer? Exactly. Look at you go. Yeah. Look at you. You're gay. cool. Yeah. Well, it's the thing that frustrates me because, like, as much as like the reason gay marriage, from at least the timeline I saw, one of the big reasons uh, was its success, but also its frustrating success was like it started becoming less about like the gays over there, and it's like, well, your son's gay or your cousin's gay, and do you love these people? Like, it had to mean something to somebody. This is often like one of those arguments I hear with toxic masculinity and the idea of just like you know, uh, caring for a woman only comes to like guys who like had a daughter. Or, or had a, a sister or something like that. It's like, I can't be feminist, I have a wife, or I have a... Or, I mean, I sorry, rather. I can't be sexist, I have a wife, I have a daughter, which is exactly. like... Exactly. Uh, that's, that's not how that fucking works. Yeah, so, no, ultimately, I think Hobart did... Like, it was a good... And it was the start of a journey, too. Like, the episode was at its... Pl- it had its place in time uh, for the conversation that was happening. But just on the note of... of and a perfect segue to places in time... Uh, the parallels in the gay panic message, which I kind of want to examine a little bit more in detail. We've kind of touched on it a few times. But the fact that, like, even though it was way more overt back then, I like to make the argument that the conversation in the 90s about, like, oh, you know, hanging around gay people will turn your kids gay is the same argument that exists now for, like, kids that want are transgender. Uh, mm-hmm. And the whole idea of just, like, you know, parents doing... Well, it's just because of, like, was it... Uh, what was that line in the fucking UK that they're saying like it's rapid onset gender dysphoria, like it's just. But they so now instead of saying like oh hanging out with trans people make you trans because they know that conversation's stupid, they're now saying no it's rapid onset gender dysphoria or what? like yeah or like or uh, fucking social media and that's why there's more kids. Like there's been a couple of these terps articles that have referenced that, and it's funny that like the conversation and the argument is still the same. We've just changed the phrasing of it. And all like it well, I th- it all just going back to the whole like the idea of, you know, if your child is like in this one, it's like my son is gay means I I'm a failure as a parent, like the thing is like that is a very universal thing, and it's like the whole idea is that like you know okay now homosexuality is much more normal and you know. A lot of people who might be like, oh, I would be okay if my kid is gay. I wouldn't be okay if they were trans. Or, like, you know, I, or even, like, I personally, like, from what I've seen, I think that this, like, fits fits into, like, the anti-vaxxer movement to take kind of a hard Mm. left turn. But they, like, this whole idea where, like, a lot of these people who, like, they'd be fine if their kids were trans, they'd be fine if their kids were gay. But if their kids are autistic, it means that they must have failed as a parent, which is kind of where this anti-vaxxing thing comes from, which means yeah. that we're, sure, we're making things acceptable, but we're not, like, ad- we've never addressed, like, the core root of why people, like, jump to these conclusions and, like, make these, like, make these assumptions in the first place. Yeah, it's, I, I would say that, uh, the only, like, I want to take a shot here and say, look, if you're wondering, the only time you fail as a parent is... Uh, when your child no longer sees you as uh, as a source of strength, of uh, inspiration, um, uh, or as like a weakness, because 
like Reese said, your kid being gay is not failure on your part. You stopping to be a parent because of that is failure. And, you know, it's a weird bar. I can speak from experience when I say, like, parents, you know, struggle with the idea of, like, are you doing enough? And are you being a good parent? Are you doing the right thing? But, like, that's all you have to do at the end of the day, and all any of us can do is just try to be there as best we can and understand their language. Yeah, like, it's, I mean, because it also, because, you know, like, because initially it's, like, like Marge is like when Homer's like they started like oh what if the kid turns gay and like Marge is like oh there's nothing wrong with that and besides if there's anything wrong with wrong with um, Bart it's because you're not spending enough time with him which kind of ties into the thing because even if like because even in the latter half even if it's not even like an immediate like thing where it's like oh my kid is doing this even if it's like way in the future and your kid's an adult and then does something that like weirds you out then like as a parent you might go oh god is this be are are, is are they going through this hardship because i failed because i Mm -hmm. didn't spend enough time with them or because i didn't do this this and this and this i think you had a really good point with the anti-vaxxer movement i would obviously even argue like the adhd diagnosis is our diagnoses back in the 90s was i I definitely i definitely was like right in the middle of that like i didn't get like i didn't i didn't get my like i mean I mean, that's kind of a toss-up because, I mean, they were, like, throwing a lot of, like, a lot of drugs that, like, fucked a lot of people up around at the time. So, like, but also I definitely have attention deficit that didn't get treated at the time. So it's kind of it's kind of a toss-up on that one. The parallels in terms of the gay panic back then has evolved. Um, it's funny. It's just, like, uh, the people who are against things like uh, queer progressiveness often have now adopted the language of science because they realize the science or the language of emotion wasn't selling too much. Uh, because it's very hard to emotionally paint people as villains when all you realize at the end of the day is that they're people just doing the exact same thing that you or someone you know might be doing. Um, but like again, the same. I think in the next 10, 20 years, we'll look back at the whole like uh, transgender children uh, in the same uh, the same view as we kind of look back now at the whole idea of turning your kids gay by being around gay people. Which, I, as I say this, I also acknowledge full well that there are a lot of people today that still think like showing people gay kids or showing people gay or showing kids gay people makes the kids gay and you could see that in things like you know every time someone's like why are they trying to shove their sjw agenda down my throat and all of us have to just giggle at the idea of shoving something down their throat (laughs) are we not doing phrasing anymore no it's apparently done uh perfect yeah again all of this very good points in terms of like the parallels for what existed before to now uh focus on the family for anybody who remembers that company has existed back then exists now and they're still pushing the same agenda uh all terrible awful things but the simpsons uh as they as they did back then managed to push the envelope uh at every turn uh perfect but uh, right now we're just gonna get to the verdict uh as we do at the end of these episodes uh and how do we feel about this representation it's good and i like john waters and it has good jokes and the simpsons is good i i grew up with the simpsons like i said it was my one show i was allowed to watch and fucking this episode, I remember watching as a kid. It was like, I don't, it's funny. Actually, now that I say that, I realized as a kid, I didn't even register John Waters' character was gay. That was weird. I was an idiot as a kid. <laughs> uh, no, I thought like the humor was well done. I thought they, especially for the '90s and the conversations that we're having at the time, they were done really well. I honestly don't have a lot of bad things to say. I could see someone who's maybe younger watching this episode for the first time, maybe having some problems with it. But I would encourage that anybody. 
uh, as they critique things uh, and are trying to be media conscious, uh, keep in mind the time frame in which things were made. It doesn't excuse their behavior. Obviously, there's lots of examples where that's not the case, but it does uh, help you understand what was going on at the time. I think it's fantastic. Even as a kid, it was one of my favorite episodes, which might explain some things, but honestly... <laughs> Jeez, I hope this doesn't awake anything in me. <laughs> My family hated The Simpsons and didn't want me watching it, and I stayed up late at night watching it in my room, and I've always loved it, and this episode is definitely in my top five. Love it. So good. So fucking good. All right, perfect. Well, again, it was an absolute joy to uh, to do this episode with you folks. I fucking love this. I love this episode so much. I love The Simpsons. Uh, this probably is up there with uh, fucking Cape Fear as one of my favorite episodes of all time. Cape Fear being the one that gave us the infamous rake sketch. Uh, and the uh, houseboat, uh, and the Mr. Thompson bit. Oh, it was, again, I, I will stop, but I love Simpsons so much. Anyways, uh, thank you all again for joining us this week. Um, I'm at rabbit underscore is dead on Twitter and Twitch. Uh, I am at a job site this weekend, so I don't know how around I'll be, but other than that, I am just doing a bunch of Destiny 2 raids. Uh, I was in one for six hours the other day, and I now know what death feels like. Um, and so I will hopefully be going on to, once my little one is back in school, I'll be going back to uh, French lessons and, I don't know, maybe getting a part-time job for funsies. But I'm getting my hand tattoo soon, which is awesome. Yay! Yeah. I'm, I'm Ree Carter at R-H-I-R-H-I-C-A-R-T-E-R. Um, I used to do productive, inter- interesting things, but then I got Grand Theft Auto V, which is a surprisingly like peaceful game. Like, it's just incredibly pleasant to be able to just listen to, like, curated hip-hop and ignore traffic laws. That's, so... Yeah. We, yeah. we just, we call that Surrey, okay? Yeah, that's Surrey, is... yeah. <laughs> Grand, Theft Auto, Grand Theft Auto 5's great, only, only real issue is that it doesn't have a Punjabi hip-hop uh, oh, radio station. It is Otherwise, the true crime. Otherwise, then, then, then it could be sorry. Listen, I need my See, sad. You gotta, I, need, I gotta have my sad Punjabi jams. Oh, fuck I was yes. gonna say you gotta just turn that off. I'll lend you my mixtape of, of sad Punjabi jams. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this is a true fact. I found it on the sidewalk next to what? my house. Holy most, fuck! Which is like the most the most Vancouver thing. Oh, you know, I listen to it and it's fantastic. I love it so much. <laughs> Fucking a. And uh, I'm Devlin Galloway at Devlin Galloway. Um, dot com. I'm com. Dot, 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 dot com. Dot net. NFL. Dot com. <laughs> dot um, xxx. <laughs> dot org. Um, <laughs> dot uk. <laughs> dot gov. Uh, uh, I'm releasing my first compilation tape on my record on record label Placeholder Records, which you can follow at Placeholder Records on Twitter. Uh, I have two shows coming up in Vancouver, one being on September 20th at the Matador and one being on October 12th at a venue to be announced. Uh, yeah, just releasing a lot of records and playing Grand Theft Auto V too. Oh, they, they, re- they, they, re- they released a, sing- a sequel to Grand Theft Auto V? No. Oh. <laughs> but I hate you. So this will be the last uh, last episode with Ree as one of our hosts. Make sure everyone just say goodbye to her. It's all me now, baby. Amy, I think Amy is coming back for the next normal episode, except instead of Devlin leaving, it's me. So Yeah, exactly. Uh, Ree suffered an unfortunate accident as uh, she fell onto some bullets uh, repeatedly. 
So, See, the goal, uh, the goal, the goal is to be the first podcast that has like none of its original members. Yeah, or or uh, the goal is to become the first true crime podcast uh, that produced its own true crime. So we have to figure out. Uh, uh, who, who murdered you and to get me off death row. Have you spread the good word of we are all Amy? <gasps> Amy, please come back. Uh... And I Anyways, yes, we're going to be off. Um, hopefully our schedule will get back to normal posting shortly. Uh, this last month we wanted to take it easy. Uh, so yes, we should be getting back to more uh, at least three episodes a month, Try if not four. So yes, thank you all again and we love you all. And we will see you, I guess, all again in hopefully a week. And with Amy, thank you again, Devlin, for joining us on the show. I love you all. Okay, bye! bye.